Welcome to Recovering Academics with Antoinette and Elizabeth. In today's episode, we discuss coming to terms with seeing our former employer finally being held accountable for its misdeeds. So I don't know, I, you and I had talked about this idea of us just kind of swapping topics back and forth, and mm-hmm. I don't remember where we ended up at, but I know that one thing that I thought would be cool for us to discuss today without getting too specific because we can't is the fact that there are institutions in higher education that are failing. Yes. And they're failing. The ones that are failing, they're failing for more or less the same reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that the news really captures all of the fallout that exists from that. And to be honest, I don't even think I was, was cognizant of all of the fallout of that. I know mm-hmm. that about five years ago, there was a very prominent technical institution that went under. And I remember there were so many students making YouTube videos complaining about how they, you know, got hustled out of a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And there were former instructors who were speaking about how they had no notice of what was about to happen mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, um, you know, seeing that was eye-opening, but now seeing it connected to an organization that we at one time used to know, mm-hmm. um, I'm really becoming more cognizant of the fact that like, no, this is a really huge deal. This is student loans. This is people without jobs. This is, you know, buildings just randomly closing. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's how, wh- where I'm sitting with all of this right now. So I'm not sure... How you feel? I think that it's um, unfortunately it, it's a little bit. Uh, it, it's not on the same scale, but it follows the same, um, or it's treated the same way. I think as like school shootings. Okay, mm-hmm. so there are just so many of them. People just tune out and don't think about you know lives were affected. So uh, I mean, I, I, I'm very grateful that you and I have not experienced. Um, that level of violence or whatever. But if we're talking about something else that's unseemly, um, that maybe the first time we hear of a school uh, being um, taken down because of fraudulent practices, uh, or w- another one of these for-profits or these fake uh, not-for-profits, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that, that, you know, the first time it's shocking, second time it's like, wow, this happens. Third time it's like, yeah, whatever. And now I, I think people are just sort of um, immune to it. Like, oh yeah, well, I would, you know, uh, and, and I think that's the expectations we have for certain types of schools. And I've worked for those types of schools and had, um, you know, a, a positive and negative experiences. I don't want to say that everyone is corrupt, but truthfully, I've hit a point too, whenever I think of any of these for-profit schools or these fake nonprofits, and I'm saying fake nonprofits in that they they're, they're gaming the system, mm-hmm. um, and finding a way of being nonprofit, uh, yeah. or not for profit, but, um, they're still making, you know, I mean, you're not for profit and your, your CEO is making 900,000 a year, right. um, you know, that, that, okay. Interesting. But, but now even when I look at them, um, regardless, I, I just think they're scamming students and it's sad because I no longer look at colleges the same way. And I'm also looking at the ones that are, you know, traditional brick and mortar schools that have been around for a hundred years and mm-hmm. um, have wonderful academic uh, credentials, etc. And I still think for the most part, you are fleecing students and fleecing the government. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's really, so let's talk about this nonprofit thing for a second, because I don't <laughs> feel like most people know what's up with that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically the institution that Elizabeth and I used to work for, as well as several others have found some kind of a loophole way to classify themselves as nonprofits, which means they get a ton of tax breaks. It means that they are not subject to, um, well, I guess that falls under tax breaks again, but financially it really does benefit an organization if they can get a not-for-profit status. Mm -hmm. And I think that what floors me is that those schools were able to do that, but like the ones that we would call like the legit places, like a Cal State San Marcos or whatever, like they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not nonprofit. So if they're not nonprofit, how is it you can be nonprofit? You know, that's that's the part that I look back on now and I'm like, gosh, that should have really been a red flag to me. Well, I think it's just a buzzword now. And it it's almost, um, you know, I, I, I think of people who... Um, it, Uh, some people who, uh, you know, with the cult of personality, I'm going to open my own church. And because Mm -hmm. I'm a church, I'm not being taxed or whatever, but that, that ability to call oneself a nonprofit is almost um, like it it, maybe for some people it's, it's like the equivalent of sainthood or something Mm -hmm. um, without realizing that that's not what it, that's not necessarily what it means. It doesn't mean that you are this good service. Um, or what have you, it means that you found a tax loophole um, and such. And you know what, your executives can still make over half a million dollars a year um, (laughs) while not giving anyone um, a raise, saying I I had an instructor working under me. um, And when I saw salaries, which they always hid from me, Mm -hmm. uh, the the people above me, I never knew anyone's salary, but I I, somehow or another and looking to, to get somebody a raise, and seeing this person, this professional had worked there 18 years and was making 48000 a year. Um, and I'm thinking that's, I don't hire people at that little, you know, um, maybe that's what you started at, you know, 18 years ago. And they're giving you a reason every year not to, to give you uh, a raise or what mm-hmm. have you. But finding that out, like, wow, so that's how you, that's how you reward you know, someone good enough to keep for 18 years, right. you're not giving them a raise, you're holding them back. Right. Um, yet your, your CEO, again, and I, I can't overstate that, is making over half a million a year mm-hmm. and making excuses for, the, for why the rest of us or why we can't afford textbooks or better textbooks for our students, why we can't afford better equipment for our students, why yeah. we can't afford better furniture for our students. Why we, can't, boards. why we can't paint the effing walls, you know, <laughs> um, or, you know, we can't afford a hundred dollars to paint that classroom that has, uh, that, that is falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it, it doesn't even cost a hundred dollars to paint a classroom, no. but, um, yeah, it, so don't believe that not for profit or nonprofit lie. It just means they have good accountants. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of the trend of, um, have you heard of greenwashing before? You know, I heard the term, but I don't remember. It's a fairly new term and it basically is used to refer to these companies that go overboard by promoting their products as being so natural and so eco-friendly and so green. And it's like, this is no more 
eco-friendly and green than the other stuff that's out here on the market, but they greenwash it because public's perception is, I should buy that one because they're good to the environment. And so I think that, and I don't know what color we would call it because the green's already taken, but you know, with this nonprofit status, it seems like that was a wash. That was a way to make yourself look really pure to the public mm -hmm. and probably to some members of Congress Mm -hmm. And, you know, just paint this perception. And, you know, there were television commercials that used to play and radio commercials that would talk about how people's lives could be so turned around if they would just come to this institution that was mm -hmm. classifying itself as a nonprofit, but then charging $48,000 for a bachelor's degree. No, 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 no. 48000 for an associate's. Excuse me, I misspoke. And no, remember, it's in the 70s for a bachelor's degree. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't it like 72 for the bachelor's something, degree? Uh, yeah, it's something outrageous. I apologize. Thank you for correcting me. Um, no, no, yeah. No, it, and it's not to correct you. I just, I don't want anyone to mistake how low these people can be. And I can one-up you on that if you don't know. And I'm, I'm not trying to one-up because I hate to Please say that the world, it's more evil it. than you know. <laughs> Um, we were required at some point when we were having, when the schools were having uh, trouble with the government and had to, um, you know, and being penalized and being investigated and all that, then it became mandatory that we as associate deans um, find volunteer opportunities, very public volunteer opportunities for ourselves, for the school and for our Ooh. students. Um, and it was under, it, under constant, you're not doing your job if you're not finding these opportunities. So, um, you know, we would, I would have to find an organization that would want to babysit a bunch of adults, um, <laughs> for a day so that we could get a t-shirt and a photo uh -huh. and that we could tell everyone, Hey, we did good for the community. Right. Now where's our t-shirt? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> where's my GD t-shirt? <laughs> so, so, um, Funny you should mention that because I remember at this point I had moved to a different section within this notorious company that we used to work for. And I remember we were very heavily encouraged to go out and make something out of that. Um, it's like a philanthropy day, I think in February. I remember yeah. this because I was pregnant with my son and I was just about due. So I was going out and I was like trying to find some random act of kindness to do. And we had to document it and send it into the director, which I thought was kind of odd because it's like, what's the point? What's the point in it being random if I have to document it? Mm -hmm. But that was probably being used in that PR campaign to try to turn perception around about the school. Yeah. And there were other ones too. You know, I mean, when I first started working there before we were, I mean, um, when we were enrolling like mad mm -hmm. um, and such, uh, I was asked to head up a GED program yes. so that we could offer free GED classes to the community in hopes that, you know, if you can capture one or two graduates of the GED program as students, it pays for itself right there. And why wouldn't it if they're getting 40 to 70,000 per student, mm -hmm. you know, then yeah, they can, they can pay me to teach this um, GED program. And they promised me, and when I took it on, you know, it, it is with, I want to help people. I, I would love to help adults who don't have a, a GED. This right. is a good thing. My school is doing something honorable. And then they would say, um, we're, we're only going to bring in people 
who are um, who need us and who are uh, just need this GED so that they're college ready. Yet they were giving me people who came in um, who were adults that couldn't add two plus two. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I, I, and that's a very is- real problem in our country. Those of you listening, we are not trying to understate that literacy is a serious issue still. And any, any math skills too. So, you know, I mean, I would be and and you know, God bless these people. I do want to help them, but guess what? In a five week program, I can't teach them what they failed to learn. Um, you know, in the first 18 years of their lives yeah. and, and such. So I would go back and say, you know, th- th- this is, um, it's unfair that you're asking me to, or that, that I'm there in a classroom trying to tell them how to, uh, you know, a, a sample te- a test question would be something along the lines of how do you figure out the height of this ladder um, by, by its um, shadow or mm-hmm. whatever. And we're looking at triangles. It's like, you know what, let's start with two plus two first. Yeah. Hey, did you know you can multiply numbers, you know, and it it being blown away or when they couldn't read or write, or maybe the absolute worst one was this young woman who came in to take the classes and said, I'm so glad because no other program would take me. I have an IQ of 70. Okay. And, um, I remember it became almost, it, 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 it was just such a surreal experience because one day she came in and talked about being sexually assaulted by her boyfriend and his friends. And then, um, you know, then I have the entire class, well, let's go get them. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I sort of feel for you. Yeah. Let's go get them. But no, I can't do that. I mean, obviously I work there, but it's like these, the people that I was getting into this program were not ready for college. Um, and not it, I'm not talking about intellectually, they have like real world problems that even if they had the, the grades, they had the the academic ability, um, they're going to, they're just going to be wasting money Mm -hmm. for this. They have much bigger, much bigger problems that they need to attend to and that somebody should be helping. And also, you know, like then I take it to my supervisor, Hey, what do I do when a student, and I know it's not one of our students, because this is one of those community outreach things. Um, (laughs) but what do I do when a student tells me that they're sexually assaulted? Oh, not our problem. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that is, But you know, um, as I was transferring, there was an associate dean at my campus who had lost his job. And I was told that when his office was cleaned out, they found all kinds of drug paraphernalia, open condoms. Um, Yeah. So um, I guess the response that, hey, that's not our problem to do something about this sexual assault that she just disclosed. Mm -hmm. uh, That's not that surprising because, you know, look at what was going on in offices. Oh, I thought you were going to say something that I knew about. I didn't know about that one, but I I thought you were going to say they, they found all of this pornography. I mean, CD after CD after CD of pornography. That's the story I thought you were going to tell me other associate Dean. Um, So. Wow. Okay. Well, can I hear that story? (laughs) This makes me think of um, that movie, that recent, uh, somewhat recent version of Ghostbusters with the all female (laughs) cast where uh, Melissa McCarthy says to the associate dean at one of these schools, you're only dean because the last one went to jail. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, you know what? This is sad because as a, because how did I become Dean? Because they found the Dean before me was, um, was not actually ever on campus, mm -hmm. you know, would only show up at, at 10 PM to lock the doors. Uh, so that's the only reason I became Dean. I, I mean, I would like to think it was my hard work and, and dedication to the students and all that, but th that opportunity arose because they really pick crappy deans and what uh -huh. do they care? Well, and so do you think it's that they pick crappy deans or do you think it's that when your standards um, are of such then you sort of invite certain behaviors onto yourself. Because I could see it being a combination of both. On the one hand, they're not doing a very good job of hiring, totally. But on the other hand, I know that as a professional who came in there who really did have high hopes, I really did want to blossom my career in education there. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful for the chance that I was given. And I was mm -hmm. so excited when I met you because I thought, yes, I have a colleague in my field now who I can learn from, who, you know, I can, I can grow with. And, and it just, it made me excited. I was 26 years old hmm. and I just slowly, but surely learned after every time I would try and, and let me take this to someone and let me, let me bring this issue up. And well, maybe if I got involved, well, maybe if I suggested this, well, maybe if I volunteer, no, no. And so I became very apathetic. Now I was never somebody who just, you know, yawned away her job. I always did my job because I was dedicated to the students, but I could see a professional person becoming just so jaded and cynical that, you know, that's what they shrink into because nobody here cares. Mm -hmm. Nobody here cares about my professional future. So you know what? I'm going to get my paycheck and then, you know, go work somewhere else. And then I'll be back at 10 to lock the doors. And then, you know, when I, when I was, um, when I, I was outraged by the, um, inconsistent instruction, quality of instruction. Yes. We had instructors who were wonderful in their fields, knowledgeable and excellent, excellent instructors. Mm -hmm. And then we had others who were just clocking in for a paycheck, mm -hmm. the absolute minimum to, to and, and even less than the minimum. And we had to hide, we had to cover for it. Yes. So I remember, um, finding out that, you know, we have, we have college instructors who have never once graded an assignment. They just slap a grade like a week late after grades are due um, into without justifying the grade. You know, I, I mean, I would see this happening and outraged about it and pushed and somebody should be overlooking them. So I became, I was actually promoted to Dean of faculty mm -hmm. and or faculty development. And I would go in and, and sit in on their classes and such um, and see that, but I would have to call in some instructors who had just given up, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I hired you because I remember how great you were in that chalk talk and you participated in our, our program advisory committee and um, your, your business acumen is outstanding. I'd love to have you teach. And you did really well, like the first, the first couple of terms. Mm -hmm. And then I start finding out, you know, you're not showing up for class or a better, better one yet, you fell asleep in class and your yeah. students filmed you yes. um, or that you go into class at night and put on old movies. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so pulling them in, pulling these instructors in and, and, and trying to say, how are you doing this? And I remember two in particular just ripped into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, of course, had another dean with me um, because it, it's like, I, I don't know what's going to be said. I have no idea what, what happened to this instructor. And um, two of them ripping into me and saying, why should I take this seriously? And then just enumerated everything that the school does wrong, where it's like, I'm aware of how bad the school is. Okay? Yeah. I'm doing the best I can for my students and for my instructors in a very bad situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and it was just one of those, like, you're right. This, this school does do that. This school does cheat left and right, you know, but to, to have that thrown in my face and, you know, that hurts when you're trying so hard to be the decent person. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's true. We were in a bad situation. Yeah. And I think that anytime you mix something, because the mission, you know, there were, there were, there was me and you, there were our other faculty friends who we knew were so dedicated. There were our staff friends who worked, um, you know, keeping records, registrar, things like that. You know, there was the mission of us. And then there was the hope that our students had that Mm -hmm. glimmer in their eyes during the first term, all of the things that they wanted to do that they wrote about in um, that first class that they took about motivation. Mm -hmm. But then you mix that with scammy people and scammy intentions and Mm -hmm. you end up with probably the ugliest of the scenarios because now not only are we preying on people, but we are preying on the lowest possible group of people Mm-hmm. that we can get to because they are the ones who are the most at, in, in need. They mm-hmm. have the biggest need. And mm-hmm. so they're the easiest for us to take advantage of. And I think that that's the part that makes my heart the most sad about everything is that I was not lying to those students, but it looks like I was at this point. And I saw that I looked at, I decided to look at a Yelp review and that's something I would advise anyone who happens to be listening. If you're looking for a college for yourself or for someone else, do look at the Yelp reviews. Yes. Take them, you know, we had awful reviews and I remember reading these awful reviews and someone saying that um, they resented the positive perky teacher for the first class. And I was thinking, oh, crap, I think that's that was during my time when I was teaching that class. <laughs> or it was me. If it wasn't you, it was, me. It was you or yeah. you know, and thinking I, I honestly in in it, in my heart of hearts, believe in the power of education. I believe it can change lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But after going through this ordeal for 10 years, and and yes, I did see some some people whose lives were changed for the better Mm -hmm. because they they persevered, they they worked hard, um, and they had good breaks because a lot of people persevere and work hard and never get a break. Correct. Okay. So it's I don't want to say, right. Yes. I'm glad that you clarified that because you're right. It's not just perseverance and hard work that gets things to pay off. You need a break and sometimes you don't get one. Yeah. So, you, you know, a lot, I think of all the people who did work hard and thought that the dream was for them and found out that no, there's still one more extra ingredient, which is why you can never promise that um, this career is going to, or that this degree is going to get you anywhere. You mm-hmm. know, that God forbid you make that promise. We don't know. No. Um, so that was, it was hard. Um, 
And I still, I, I still keep in touch with a lot of former students. You know, they've mm -hmm. reached out to, since I've left, they've reached out to me through LinkedIn or Facebook. And I see some in, um, I would say, pretty good con uh, careers and conditions. And I see others who are struggling. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think about I, I think about that and um, maybe that's the same for any traditional school too, you know, but do they care? I also don't think that at a traditional school, you paid 44,000 for an associate's degree. And I don't think that at a traditional school, they lied to you and told you that an associate's degree impresses employers. Um, and they also didn't give you a free t-shirt. Yeah. To get you to come there. Cause I know exactly. I never got a free t-shirt at any of the schools I enrolled in. Yeah, we're going to give you a free t-shirt and we're giving you a laptop. And that was to people who had never touched a computer before. So it was a shiny bauble to dang in front of, dangle in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when we were told we weren't allowed to say we're giving you the laptop, um, it, but then the teachers are told, you know, just say, we're not giving you the laptop, but it was almost a wink, wink, you know, <laughs> that if you graduate, you're keeping it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I remember some people too, and that was shocking to me. We gave them the crappiest laptop. Oh, they were so terrible. Okay. And I then we told 2011 yeah. and the laptops were from at most 2008. Oh, I would say, I think he, I even saw some from 2006, you know, uh, were, yeah, right in that range, but you know, they put the student on the hook for seven, $800 for a laptop. That's not seven or $800. Oh. This is an old laptop. A lot of them were used laptops. Mm -hmm. And I remember some people were so honored to have a piece of technology that they would continue to put the laptop, not in a laptop bag, but in the box in which it was issued and pack it so carefully. And I used to think, you are th that's a turd in front of you <laughs> and you are treating it so gingerly because you've never had one before and I, that would also anger me mm -hmm. that um why are we giving them such crappy equipment mm -hmm. yeah and the books I know the library oh, God, situation the was really unnerving for me in particular because for that first term, you know, we had those paperback books, those, those spiral bound workbooks for the students to, and they couldn't even write in them. Mm -hmm. Okay. They had to copy everything onto a piece of paper, which that's so lame to me. That's middle school. Like, why are we doing that? But this is college for as much as they're paying to come here. You would and think that for 40,000 or 70,000, you should be able to keep a $13 photocopied book. Right. And I made the mistake one day of speaking about my own college experience with books and the books that I had to buy and how expensive they are. And that opened a conversation into well, Miss Antoinette, why don't we get to keep our books here? You know, I would like to be able to reference my anatomy book in the future. And I didn't have any answers for them. And you know what? I went to my manager because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to go to your manager. If a customer comes to you with a, a complaint or a concern or a question and you can't answer it, you're supposed to go to your superior, right? That's mm -hmm. what we were taught back in the day when we were working retail jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went to my manager and I got accosted. Why were you speaking about books in front of them? Don't talk about that. Don't talk about books. Don't talk about accreditation. Don't talk about tuition. Keep it to the subject. That's mm -hmm. what I was told. And I was like, okay, but these are uh, human adults. They talk about things. We sit together for four hours. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. And so then um, after that, the student said, well, Mrs. Antoinette seemed different after we had the conversation about books that showed up on my evals. 
Oh, I bet you got in trouble for that. I did. I got in trouble for that too. I couldn't do an end being right, man. I was just messing up everywhere. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the problem because I wonder to what extent other environments are like this because I have worked in, um, I've worked in corporate Mm-hmm. In, in a non-academic capacity and I saw things I didn't want to see also yeah. um in in which case and you you learn very early on and that's the sad part you learn very early on that um not everyone has your same values and you have to do the best in your environment and be true to your true to your values and um you know there was a good I would And I wish I could convey that. I don't know if I can convey that. I worked with great people. Yeah. At a very crappy place. Yes. And I worked with people who cared. Every time. It doesn't matter how much talent the people have. It doesn't matter how educated they are. I'm sorry. But if the environment is shit, Mm -hmm. then those people are not going to get to shine because they've got shit all over them. And, you know, and it happens afterwards. I had, I had, um, I, I went walking with a former colleague a a few days ago and, um, somebody who's still in the system, understanding that the school is shutting down, Mm -hmm. um, and such, and is going to stay on as long as that person can, because, uh, you know, I owe it to my students to see them through the program. And it's like, you know, good for you. And I, I respect that. And I probably would have done the same. Um, and then, but then having to be honest with that person, I just want you to know that your employer will come up in every job interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it has happened for me, uh-huh. and it is interesting when they say, "Oh, you work for such and such." Isn't yep. that one of those for profit? No, actually, they're a not for profit. But you have the picture. <laughs> Start rehearsing your answer because yeah. it evokes shame and embarrassment. So start, start rehearsing your answer now so that when you go into future job interviews, you're prepared because yes, it will come up. People are going to ask about up. that and it's only going to continue to come up because this company's name is in the news. Okay. Yes. The accreditor is releasing memos on yes. this organization like regularly. So it's going to come up. So just be ready. That's, that's my advice to anybody out there is to just be ready. Um, in my experience, I just, I don't know, I couldn't, I respect what our former colleague is doing as far as staying on to stay dedicated to the students. Um, But also what I would have told them is, you know, your employer could just be gone tomorrow when you show up. You know, I did try to make that argument. I said, you know, I, I think at some point, if they're no longer allowed to enroll, really, are they going to teach out the program? You don't think that one day you're going to show up and the doors are going to be locked and they're well, going to be angry students outside asking what happened and news cameras and news cameras. And oh, no, that won't happen because um, that won't happen because uh, they don't want to give the students their money back. The, the existing ones. It's like, no, I, I still think it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen because it's happened with everybody else. Like what, yeah, what, it's what like, are we, I've seen this makes movie you think already. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I know how it ends and it doesn't end pretty. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean that to me, that instability would be enough for me to say, you know what, I'm done. I don't know if I could even weather that to be dedicated to my students. I would instead probably warn my students, you know what, go start looking into how to get your loans forgiven. I did, um, I did say, I did muse out loud 
what what obligation do we have to our students, current and former, to you know, point them in the right direction of where to look to see that, yes, they indeed did get ripped off um, and maybe they should be doing something about it. Mm -hmm. Did you say that to the colleague? I did say that. I did. I I was just trying to plant a seed. It was a little bit of inception. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm curious to hear the response, but I know I feel a huge sense of responsibility. I have notified every single former student who I could, who I was in touch with and I had contact information for to just say, Hey, you need to pay attention to what's happening here because there is a likely chance that you will get some or all of your loans forgiven. And I mean, really truthfully, that's what I want for them. Where do we go for, you and I are going to keep talking about this. This is not the only conversation that we're going to have about this. And a part of this too, for people who are listening, a part of this is very cathartic because at the time that we were working for this institution together, we had suspicions that things Mm -hmm. were not on the up and up. We had reason to believe that they were not telling us the truth, but the two of us, along with our colleagues who were great people who we still Mm -hmm. love, Mm-hmm. looked at each other and said, no, we're in this for the good fight. So that means it's going to be good because we're trying, right? You're trying, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying. She's trying. He's trying. So no, this is going to be good, right? And no, it, it <laughs> the, the memos that came from the accreditor back up all of the assumptions that we were, like everything we were suspicious about, it's all listed there. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, that was the shocking part was reading it. And some of it, I remember, and I, I know I've shared this one with you, but let me just share it with the rest of the world here, who happened, whoever's listening, that um, I remember in doing those classroom audits to, to see if people were teaching and teaching what they were supposed to be teaching, um, going into the computer science classes and walking out angrily and going directly to the campus director and saying, have you looked at the equipment? There are laptops in there that are 12 years old. We look like goddamn hoarders. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had cables and, and computer parts everywhere because we have, we have a computer program, but it was all BS equipment and such. And um, I remember that and being very upset about that. And then reading about it in the accreditation, Hey, mm-hmm. they noticed as well mm-hmm. that we, we said we had the equipment we had the proper equipment, but in reality, no, we did not. No, not even close Not even to close. the proper equipment. And um, when we would make requests to try to get better equipment, I know all of my requests were denied. They came back mm-hmm. denied. Nope, we don't have money for smart boards. Nope, we don't have money to pay for. I wanted a subscription. I wanted a subscription to Netflix for the school so that we could watch the documentaries. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, they said, use your own Netflix. And I was like, no, cause the last time I did that, somebody lifted my password and was using my Netflix from the yeah. school. My coworker did this. I mean, granted I did leave. I'm so sorry. I did that to you, Antoinette. I'm oh. so sorry. I took your Netflix. I knew it was you <laughs> watching all of that R rated stuff. Oh, Jeez. you know me. Yeah. <laughs> changing the language on my netflix account that was me you like <laughs> korean films right <laughs> soft spot for them oh my gosh um so yeah you know it just it feels good to get to air some of this stuff out because well one we're gone and so you know we get to look at this from afar 
thankfully. I feel really bad for the people who have the up close seats, but hey, it is what it is. Um, and I just want everybody to know, everybody who, all of our colleagues, the people who worked with us and who knew us when we worked together there, I want them all to know too that your effort was not a waste at least not in my eyes. As a young professional, I learned a lot from watching a lot of my colleagues, some of the people who worked in accounting, people who were on the business side. I made really good friends with people who taught some of the computer courses and I learned from those people. So if nothing else, you were able to impart some of that onto the other people that you worked with. And so don't feel like it was a loss or it was a waste because it wasn't. And I'm saying that I know that at least one or two of your students are saying that too, because I've heard it before. And I've, I've, I've seen that. I mean, I've, I've, that's maybe one of the few reasons that I hang on to something like face my Facebook account only because I want to, I, I do want to know how so-and-so who moved to Texas is doing in her job mm -hmm. or the RT student who got a job in South Dakota. Are you still there? Are you still making good money? Are you still starting your family? Mm -hmm. Or the woman who was a, who was, um, uh, who worked in janitorial services at the Marriott, who is now, um, you know, uh, who, who now has a different type of job and has more success you know, in her path yeah. or more opportunities. I, I appreciate that. And I think that, and I don't know, I, I sort of get the feeling that maybe this is just the way the world works. Yeah. Cause this definitely wasn't just at our school. It was at a lot of different schools and it wasn't mm -hmm. just at schools. It was at companies, you know, there's mm -hmm. companies who are going through the ringer right now because they uh, misrepresented their earnings to their investors. They mm -hmm. lied to their board of directors. They yeah. covered up scandals, you know, things like that. Um, I know that's the reason why I stay self-employed now because yeah. I know that I can trust me and what I'm doing. I don't know if I can trust big Joe Blow in the corner office that's 18 stories above where I work, you know, that that's an unsettling feeling. And one that at this point in my career, I don't really feel like I should have to put up with anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel I paid my dues and um, having a family now too means that I'm not interested in the games and the BS and, you know, mm -hmm. jump through these hoops. No, wait, go jump through them again. No, not interested. Sorry. You're wasting my time and my energy. And it is, um, it is amazing because that is, uh, and that's a conversation um, in my family that we have almost daily is, would we go back? Um, would we go back to a corporate environment or an environment that that's structured like that, where um, you've got it, I, I guess I don't trust people when their jobs and there's a there's a quotation, a famous quotation to that effect that you can't. Uh, how can you trust someone to make good decisions when their job or they are rewarded um, for making the bad decisions? Mm -hmm. You know, or or or, or doing it, there's there's just too much money involved. Um, so it's like you know what I'll I'll stay with my I'll stay with my self employment. And, um, it, you know, I, I would rather do that and not feel like someone is scamming students based on, they look at us mm 
mm-hmm. you and I and teachers like us, and they say, oh, you know, we admire that you're honest and, and all that. And, you know, Antoinette has never lied to me. Elizabeth has never lied to me. So the, the, I felt like the school used people like us to put on a, a display that the school was good. So they, they were able to leech our good reputations. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think they left us with no reputation, then, <laughs> you know, or bad reputation. They sucked it all up and, and ruined it. And um, so, yeah, I absolutely feel used. Yeah. And, but uh, let's see, because I never like to end on that. I never like to end on the, the low note if I can. And mm-hmm. so um, I hear what you're saying about feeling used and whatnot. But I think if anything, that probably speaks to the glowing characters that people, you and I and others who we saw are. And the fact that, you know, we can probably use that dazzle for our own good and you know just come out here into the arena on our own volition rather than trying to represent somebody's scammy company Mm -hmm. and um, do just fine on our own and I really do believe that that is the way that we are moving in the future I think people are becoming a lot more suspicious a lot more wary Mm -hmm. of institutions and and um, I guess figures that have been fixtures of our society for a really long time. I think people are starting to question that now and say, well, why has this been the same for so long? What Mm -hmm. needs to change? What's really going on here? And they're sort of pulling back some of the layers. I can only hope that that continues because um, people like the CEO that we used to work for, he's not alone. He's got plenty of cronies who are doing the same things in other industries and they're all climbing over each other to, okay, which company can I get into so that I can take a bigger piece of the pie for myself and, mm-hmm. um, and all of that. So yeah, no, I, I have no doubt that there are a lot of people like that. I would like to think, and, and maybe, maybe if we want to end on a positive note, um, in what I, true, what I believe to be true, I would say 75% of us were legitimate and really wanted to do well. It felt like a vocation. Uh, We felt like a community. Mm -hmm. We shared the success and the joy of our students. We cried with them when they had bad times. We met, I've, I've seen, um, I've had colleagues that I I just admire the size of their hearts and what Mm -hmm. they would do for people. So if it's 75% and then, uh, and I would say even then the, what happens with the 25%, at 20% who's indifferent and then 5% that are rotten to the core. Right. Right. You know, so and that's even, it. At least we outnumber them. Right. Yes. And I was going to say, even with the indifferent ones, the students were still learning from the indifferent ones. They were learning yeah. something. The ones who just weren't even lifting a finger, not even trying. No, not so much. But yeah, when you put it together like that, that's 95% of the faculty. That's yeah. Faculty, staff, everyone, everyone um, working together and caring uh, for the most part and mm-hmm. such. So, I, you know, and, and if all of us have been turned off to this, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to burn through. Um, you're going to burn through people. You're going to be hiring people who are desperate for a job, maybe straight out of a college like ours. And yeah. you're not going to get um, people with 
with established careers um, and such who want to play that game anymore. And quite frankly, I think I, I think that the the millennials and I don't know what we call the the generation younger than them um, because millennials are getting old now too. Uh huh. <laughs> what are they called? Gen Z. Z. The Gen Z people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that they are that they are really feeling. Um, they're feeling the crush of the excesses of the generations that preceded them mm-hmm. and the corruption of the generations. I think they're very savvy. So all of my hope is that they reject these structure, these systems. Like, you know what? This is a pretty bad system I'm yeah. not gonna work for them. I'm not going to support them in any way. And I know that that's something that I am prepping my kids for because mm-hmm. technically my daughter is a member of Generation Z. They say that if you were born in 2012, moving forward, you're, mm-hmm. you're part of Gen Z. So um, I have told both of my kids as well as my husband that, you know, if they want to go to college, let's first ask the question of whether or not that's even necessary to do what you want to do. Do you have to have a degree or can you get a certificate or can you go work there for two years and get some Mm -hmm. experience? You know, let's look at those things. And then also, um, make your own way in this world. You don't have Mm -hmm. to do it the way that you saw mommy do it. You don't have to do it the way that you saw grandma do it. You don't have to do it the way your friends are, but just make your way because what matters is that you secured your, your shelter, not necessarily that, um, you know, you had to go to a different type of a bank to get the financing for it, or that you purchased it with your cousin instead of with your spouse. Bottom line is y'all made an investment. That's a plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So make your way. If you need, if you have a knowledge gap or a skills gap, figure out how you can close that from somebody who actually knows talk to somebody in the field. Don't just mm-hmm. assume that, Oh, I got to go get in the mountains of debt to get these degree. No. And that's something that I'm raising my kids with. And I really do hope that from Gen Z on, it continues because that's part of why this was able to happen. The mentality that a college degree is going to open all doors for you, no matter what. The fact that that mentality was so pervasive is what allowed people like the CEO of our company, not ours, but you know, where we used to work to do what he did Mm -hmm. because he saw the opportunity in that. Because we have this mistaken belief that you're nothing without a college education. I, I don't believe that's true. Um, I know plenty of well-educated idiots. Um, so I, I yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think if you, yeah, if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, if you, you know, you're going into one of these, these vocations that require a lot of, a, a lot of background um, training and, and knowledge, then yeah, that's great. But um, do you need that business degree? Do you need that medical specialties degree in order to, do you you need that? How about that computer degree? Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you need certification because that's really all that counts. Truly. And that field changes so rapidly. So you can't sit still there. So yeah, yeah, certification. Yeah, by all means. Elizabeth, this has been so amazing to get to Mm -hmm. chat today and just recap some of the stuff that we've lived through, but now we're looking at from a different side. And mm-hmm. um, I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you too. I, I like to know that um, I think for all those years where it, it was a lot of, is it me or is this place wrong? You know, we would talk about these things. Is it me? Is it me? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just bitter. Maybe it's just, and then to see it all laid out 
you know, by the accreditor and, and confirming everything that we question, like, like that seems wrong, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it's laid out. It is wrong. And now we know why they did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it is nice to see justice come, even if it's coming so very late. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So thank you, Antoinette. Thank you, Elizabeth.